Welcome everybody to Spawn On Me. This is episode 201. I can't believe I just said that number. That's nuts. Nuts, nuts, nuts. We are chilling. Uh, I'm your host, Khalif Adams. I'm joined this week and every week with my man, my mellow, the smooth kind of fellow, the man who makes cold look not cold because he is warm of heart. It is Cicero Holmes. How are you, sir? <laughs> I am doing well. The Baron of Bourbon stays warm. With a glass of bourbon. Yeah. Word, word, and more word. And also joining us this week and every week is my man, my mellow, the smooth kind of fellow, the man who makes mini froze look good, who makes science look good, who makes math look good, who makes dope turtleneck sweaters look good. It is Sharif Jackson of SharifJackson.com. How are you, sir? What's up, guys? Math joke. Oh, oh, really? off the bat uh since i was doing remon sums uh with a student today and i i called him reefmon sums and they laughed end of joke uh, i'm uh, great uh, i don't, even, I don't uh, even know what to do with that that's kind of gross reefmon sums it's, 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 it's so good no uh, it's so good i don't even know I, I don't even know what to do with that that just made me i don't know that hurt my soul that hurt look, my heart look, look in, in exchange for my wonderful jokes like all of my young high school kids that I tutored they teach me about what's cool in born in 2001 land uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a little scary that's yeah. reasonable that's reasonable that as hell. Me out too. I can't front. Also joining us this week and every week is the Duchess of Diversity the master of the roll 20 it is <laughs> it is Tanya to pass how are you Tanya what's good Oh my god, I'm still laughing about that damn D and D game, and how everyone was like so horrified at my choices of of killing <laughs> that dude anyway when he was like doing horrible shit in his dungeon. Of course, you got to kill that dude. <laughs> Why not? Look, he had ten. He had ten thousand gold. Do you know what kind of money that is in D and D land? That's that needs to be redressed redistributed at that point <laughs> sweet we have to figure out we have to figure out how to like spread that wealth around and then we have to build the new nation of domination right. which is totally a I was like thing, but anyway. Dungeons and Dragons revolution <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> so, so we gotta get you we gotta get you on a uh, we gotta get you on a game though Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll have like a game yeah. Show me game. around. Like you're my tour guide to all these games that I don't play. Like whatever, you you just get me involved in. Oh well, uh, you know Lee that I do have the Dragon Age tabletop game. We're gonna get you into Dragon Age. So we are chilling this week. It has been a very good week. Shout out to everyone who watched and listened to uh, episode 200. Thank you all for coming by and hanging out. Uh, it was great to have Evan Narciss with us, as usual, talking about all things Wakanda, all things Black Panther. It was fantastic. Uh, and again, thank you to everyone who, who came through and, and repped for us really hard. Again, thank you to everyone also on our Patreon who has been paying attention and listening to all the content we're putting out there. And... Thank you to our wonderful host, our wonderful host. Thank you to our wonderful guest <laughs> that is with us this week. Oh my goodness, we are super excited to bring back to Chicago, Lee Alexander. Hi. <laughs> As she pops back in through, through the Skype. Yeah, wormhole. no, my my. Uh, I'm so sorry, my connection's a little weak, so there might be a delayed reaction on my end. But hi, thank you all so much for having me. It's amazing to be back here with you. So thank you again for for rocking with us and coming back. Uh, it was Not about. That there's no one else I would do it for at 10:30 on a Tuesday. Come on. Don't make me cry <laughs> on stream. Thank you yeah. very much. Wow. 
I mean, I knew this would be fun, so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's been basically two years since you were last here hanging out with us. Um, we had a lot of fun. Yeah. We were talking about some of your, your previous projects. We were talking about Offworld back then. We were talking about, you know, all of your writing and, and all the things that you were doing in that space. Now we're talking to you about the game that you that you basically helped to craft uh, with your with your writing prowess reigns her majesty we're excited for this because this is dropping uh most folks will hear this uh on tuesday but this is dropping on thursday the 7th of december uh i, I would love to give you the stage and just let you run and talk about you know what's been going on with with the game and talk about you know your your involvement with it okay oh so i guess it's kind of a long story um the last time we spoke i had just launched off world with my colleague laura hudson already been doing games journalism for something like nine or 10 years by that point. Um, and there definitely was an extent to which I felt that I had said everything that I had, you know, everything that I had to say and offer in the space had been said. I, you know, I grew up in public. I went through Gamergate, you know, like I had my values that I tried to push and I encountered, you know, by that point, you know, within a year or two from the time we last spoke, I definitely feel like I had like wrapped up a lot of what I had set out to do in terms of my personal approach to dialogue around games. I'm, I'm a narrative designer, whether I want to be or not that I, I dream in, in text inputs and in, you know, you know, game design loops. So when they offered me the chance to be the writer on this project, I was like, all right, it's already an established system. I would be the lead writer. They're really offering me a lot of creative control. I loved the first game and I have a clear idea of what I can add here. So I really can't say no to this, you know, regardless of the attitudes that I had, you know, I was really, you know, in a way I'd been really harmed by games and I was kind of, you know, I was like, I'm proud of what I did. This is all that I have left to offer and I'm freaking sick of this space and how it treats me. But for this particular project, um, it really was the right people um, you know, the right team, the right project. And they were really patient with me while I learned the tools um, and while I learned the system. And I just, you know, I just like went wild on it. Like I just, you know, in as much as I could go wild on it while making sure that fans of the previous game would still be happy. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. So, so um, I know that you, you know, mentioned that, you know, your lead writer and narrative t- designer right and i don't think at least me personally i don't have a clear idea of exactly what that encompasses in a normal gaming project especially one like like uh the reigns i guess you can call it the reigns franchise now um (laughs) which is like mostly focused you know on like on like text-based input and like uh, decisions and like a swiping so in my you know career as a games writer um narrative driven and text intensive projects were always my favorite um but the fact is the role of writer and narrative designer means a completely different thing um, depending on, you know, what project you look at. For me, basically, so the Rain system, if you've played Reigns 1, is already really well established. You know, the cards interface is there. The decisions making interface is there. Um, the, the four statistical goods and how to manage your kingdom are there. The system is already established. People know it's good to tell stories with. Um, and they want to bring in, you know, like do whatever they want within that system. System. So it was really, like I said, like, um, yeah, like, obviously, so like a narrative designer is someone who creates the storytelling paths that a player does through games. 
the methods by which they do that and the tools through which they execute on that are going to be different depending on the product. Uh, but I feel like I really lucked out here um, because a lot was already established that I, I could just like have fun with and riff on. Um, so, uh, <laughs> there it is. so, uh, so I, I, you know, we've all had a chance to play the game a little bit and, uh, you oh, know, really? I've yeah, yes, yes. Um, and it doesn't suck. Um, no. In fact, it's the opposite <laughs> of, of not sucking. So as a person you who's... Wait, so, okay. Re- right. Okay. Review number one, it doesn't suck. Right. Review, <laughs> uh, yes. Review number one, it doesn't suck. Uh, put that on the... Uh, on me, right, put, quote, I'm going to call Devolver tomorrow. Spawn on yes. me. Said it doesn't suck. Doesn't suck. Spawn them. I would, um, I would so, hate for that to be a backup box quote for both. Right. Wow. So, um, so yeah. So uh, the he the great. Doesn't have a box. Right. It doesn't have a box, but you can, can put it on the back of the app. It's hmm. a back back of the app quote. Um, so so it. Uh, so the, one of the cool things about Reigns as a series is. It's Tinder for people who haven't used Tinder um, uh-huh. and like and like card games because it you know uses the same type of formula. Uh-huh. Um, but but what I've really enjoyed about Her Majesty is how you've taken that and and taken something that seemed was seemingly so simple in Reigns and upgraded the systems uh, in a way that where like you have items and now you can actually interact with the items physically Uh within the game, which is super, super cool. Um, was, was that something that you knew was going to happen as you were writing or were you just kind of like separated from the developers and was, and just focused on writing the stories? No, so there was really the core development was done by a team of the three of us. There was me as the writer and narrative designer. Francois Alliot is the one who created Reigns One. This is his system, his design, his back end, his front end, his tools. Um, and so the the uh, so I don't know. I think the previous Reigns artist wasn't available. So we worked with Arnaud Debac, who is okay. a, a French artist who's a, also a collaborator of Francois. So it was really um, a lot of the three of us kind of, you know, every week we would like throw ideas at each other. We'd talk about narrative design. We'd talk about how to tell the stories. Um, And it was really important to us that we um, solved some of the problems that fans had with Reigns 1 and that we added some new systems. So it really was, um, we were all working together. Like, you know, they were definitely the systems designers. Um, uh, But they were kind of responding to my story prompts. And so it was definitely a collective process of, you know, we want to gate the stories in a clearer way, or we, you know, we want to add some systems to, to this stuff that people already love. And so they basically, they were like, we're going to have an item system. How can you make that work narratively? So yeah, it was definitely a lot of back and forth. We absolutely originated all these ideas as a team. um, And we were really in step with the evolution of each aspect together, which I think, again, was a really awesome opportunity that doesn't get to happen a lot in in games with writers. So again, that was another area that I felt lucky that we were always, um, you know, working together and 
hypothesizing about how we could execute on this together. Cool. Because for me, the first reigns was just like the game's over in like two minutes. What did I do? What happened? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely like a random modular storytelling system, which means like there were definitely some whole like I loved reigns one. I missed Mm -hmm. subway stations because of it. Um, But, you know, we, we were. We're definitely all aware that there were some design holes you could fall through. Um, and we did try to address that in this game to try to make a more modular, like, so that each reign the player has is different. Um, if they want to kind of pursue goals that are suggested to them by the story, they can do that. But if they just want to live for 2000 years being a million different crazy queens, they can do that as well. <laughs> well, I guess I guess for me, you know, it's it's a cool mobile game and you know it'll it'll be on other platforms, but if you could expand this out and like do more of a like either, you know, I don't know how you feel about RPGs or RPG type game or more of a a full game versus uh mobile, would mm. you do it? And and would what would you put into that? Because Reigns is, is such an interesting concept, but I don't know if it would actually work outside of a mobile environment. Right. So we have Reigns is coming out on the App Store. It's coming out on Google Play. And we also have a really passionate Steam audience. Um, there, It will be available on Steam as well. And it has a very low spec, simple interface. So the Steam audience will, will be able to enjoy it as well. Personally, because I played Reigns 1 on the iOS platform, I kind of view this as like you know a native phone game but it's all about how we have a really strong audience on steam and we want to serve them as well so it's all about you know how you want to come at it now tanya your question is interesting um because of course when i was given this job the first thing that i thought was like oh how can we like completely change this like how can we explain expand it so Funny thing about game development is that it's actually a process of trying to reconcile a lot of irreconcilable goods to make the best compromise possible. Um, And the minute we tried to change something fundamental about how Reigns works, it didn't work as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, no matter how grand ideas that I had about how I was going to come in and reskin the system or whatever, like it worked, the first one worked so well because of this, you know, really subtle and intangible series of vectors that you can't really mess with. So um, we really, we try, you know, the, the amount, the number of innovations that were possible are actually quite subtle because Reigns is more complicated than it looks. The factors that go into making an exciting Reigns card are, are really specific. Um, you know, in answer to your question, of course, I would like to work on different, you know, I'm already working on another game under NDA, like, you know, different systems, broader systems. Yes, absolutely. I would like to. But in this case, you know, we had something that was working super well. We wanted to evolve it without revolutionizing it. And then as a result of that, we had to, you know, we had to be very respectful to the heritage of the original and make sure that we didn't unmoor it too much because again it's like a Jenga tower the more you pull out and start to change the more the things that were strong about what we were used to um, come apart you know what I mean yeah um, and before we we get too much further we got a good question from the chat as well uh, from our buddy Chris Algu mm-hmm. um, oh hi know- Chris Yes. Um, Chris wants to know, how did you keep track of all the different interactions between cards, stories, and items? Oh, okay. So, um, (laughs) see what you did, Chris? um, 
I don't know necessarily that we did. Um, so Brains is, a, <laughs> Brains is a modular storytelling system. So from the get-go, I have to write each card so that no, it can appear in the context of any other cards. They have to be written in a way that no matter what order you see them in or when you find them, they all could make sense as part of the same current narrative loop. Um, so, yeah, like, I did, there was a lot of mental track keeping I had to do. Um Another thing that's a genius about Francois Alliot, who I worked with on this, he made it so I could feed the game, you know, I could feed into Unity using only an Excel spreadsheet with, you know, really fundamental code base uh, commands okay. in. So, you know, I would write a card, I would determine the weight of the card, the statistical impact of the card, and more importantly, what happens when you select, you know, one response versus the other. You know, there's some things we're saying, no, we'll have consequences later, but I have to hide that from the player so that they'll be su surprised. Um, I guess I can compare it to knitting, um, where you have an overall plan for the thing that you're tying together, but, you know, it might get away from you at some points. The final result might surprise you. Um, yeah, so it really, yeah, I was creating loops and then trying to go back and reconnect those loops. Um, and yeah, I guess I didn't, I didn't have an intense system for it, but luckily our tools were so straightforward that, you know, just by using this Excel spreadsheet that we had created that showed the interrelationships between all the cards, you know, I was able to, in my head, hopefully keep track of it. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah. So when you're, uh, you know, building these cards and sort of thinking about sort of the interactions between all the cards, do you have like a bunch of data from rain from the first rains that says that people are more likely to select this based on this? And does that influence your development of the cards in this one or 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 are you guys oh. pretty much starting from scratch well we in a lot of ways we were starting from scratch if if the team does have that you know kind of user testing a b testing type data on the original reigns players i didn't have access to it no um we definitely at at later points in the game had fun with the player's expectation that everything should be tracked. I mean, there's, yeah, there's definitely a lot of nods at various points in the game. Um, most players who are playing a choice-based narrative story assume they're going to be watched and assume they're going to be, you know, receiving statistical results, whether or not they have any evidence to believe that. So, um, so I, I, I'd like to think we tried to have a little fun with that at times. Um, but, uh, yeah, I guess just spoiler alert. No, we, you know, my work on the game was not at all um, A-B driven or data driven in that way. We were just inventing it. Um, however, though, we did have a lot of um, empirical knowledge about what fans had liked about the first game. Like, you know, they liked the deaths, they liked the secrets, you know, they liked certain aspects of the humor. And, you know, I did kind of conscientiously try to reproduce or satisfy that when I was doing the writing for the new game. So I, I really want to know, how was it to switch things up a little bit? And, you know, the game is called Her Majesty. So, <laughs> and being able to write from this, from this, from this, this queen perspective, mm. um, I, I wanted to know, you know, how did that kind of change the way that you looked at the narrative that you wanted to, to, to share with the audience? And also... Was it more fun to be able to write from that perspective, to be able to kind of definitely dig into stuff that would be so much, so much uh, uh, cooler to, to go, go with? 
Right. So, you know, Reigns was very successful and a lot of people loved it. But, you know, there was questions like, why is it only a man's story? Why can't I play as a queen? Um, And I think that had a lot to do with why my team reached out to me because of, you know, some of the work that I had done in that area, uh, you know, talking about women's experiences in games. Um, And basically my whole pitch coming into this project was, I didn't just want to do a gender swap, you know, Mm. like I didn't just, you know, like if you make the badass like muscle man in the skin tight wetsuit into a girl and nothing else changes, you know, that's not really, I guess, you know, this is a lighthearted comedy game and I, you know, I don't want to overstate the, you know, impact of my activist work here. Um, But part of my pitch for this project was, you know, I wanted to shift the locus of power. So in Reigns 1, you're the king. Everybody does exactly what you say. You're the kingdom manager. Um, But if we just switched that figure into a woman, to me, it wouldn't have meaningfully changed the gameplay. Um, You know, so I was like... I'm a big Game of Thrones fan. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you watch Game of Thrones, some of the people that cause the worst stuff going on in the kingdom are not the people in power. It's how, you know, people seize power when they're told it's being taken away from them. You know, it's how do you kind of, how do you work within your limitations to manipulate your environment to create power for yourself? And I thought that would be, I thought that, you know, so in Reigns 2, you're not the queen of the whole kingdom. You're still the king's wife. Um, And your husband is like a man baby that needs your constant attention. (laughs) Uh, You know, the the church has constant expectations uh, as, as as concerns what kind of woman you'll be. You know, the people want to see you be a glamorous, extravagant celebrity. The archbishop wants to see you like a constructive religious figurehead. So you, because Reigns is about balancing all these statistical goods through choices, I thought this could be a really cool environment to be like, okay, what if you're the king's wife and you hate it? You know, uh, like, but, you know, how can you start sort of start these machinations behind the scene to, in some way, make a happy and powerful life for yourself. Um, Yeah, so I wanted to really study. I didn't just want to be like, make it the king, but a woman. I wanted to look at, you know, the 16th century um, and like the complicated roles for women in that time and see, you know, how could we give the player the opportunity to just kind of fuck with this? You know what I mean? yeah. So again, like I don't want to really overstate that I've made some grand statement about you know, <laughs> comedy mobile game, um, but I did kind of try to um, play with that a little bit um, and and ask players to think about um, different centers of power within this kind of kind of ecosystem. I guess I time I don't know how successful I've been at that. I guess like the reception will tell, yeah. um, but I tried. <laughs> nice. Oh, and I wanted yeah. to add. I wanted to add, and, yeah. and you can't ask a question now. I'm going to finish my other question. All right, all right, because <laughs> now that you brought up Game of Thrones, who, yes, who is oh, your God. who is your favorite Game of Thrones person? I love my queen Cersei. I love like, okay, me some Cersei. All right, she's the worst person, but like. <laughs> I can't say that in that circumstance, I wouldn't have been desperate as well. Like diminished, <laughs> humiliated, denied, degraded. Like you got to use what you've got. And if all you've got is freaking bitterness and aggression and revenge <laughs> fantasy, girl, get it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think she's a good person. I would not like to see her in charge of all those poor people in the Game of Thrones kingdom. But I, ha- you know, like 
she's an awful character in a way that I really appreciate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and this it, this does tie yeah. into what I was talking about with Reigns because there's definitely like, you know, we talk about feminist games and like let's have women characters in here that we can be inspired by and relate to. And there's like a massive shortfall of that in games. So like you know, I'm, I'm all I'm all here for that being brought in. Um, but I am alongside that interested in like so look at all the like guy video game hitmen and murderers and like buff guys who are sad their wife dies and then they want to kill everyone and they're like you know <laughs> drinking and going to <laughs> i feel like we deserve at least a couple women who are awful people yeah. you know yeah you right. know like sure. i i feel like for true equality to take place we have to have like sleazy shitty power hungry and yeah. like you know, substance addled characters be our women protagonists as well. And like, again, that's not the whole picture, you know, it takes all kinds. Um, but there was definitely, you know, I'm not, I'm not easily sold on like the badass turtleneck woman. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I love Cersei um, as a figure in entertainment and not a model for real life. <laughs> uh, how women, I'm definitely, you know, I don't support the way she treats other women in her, you know, <laughs> she's not a real person. Um, <laughs> But yeah, like she, she's my favorite Game of Thrones character because I'm like, yes, here's a desperate woman who's in trouble, who's acting badly, who's a hot mess, who does everything wrong, just like all the dudes on this show. So yeah. I'm into that. You know what I mean? Like, it's a show about horrible people desperately trying to seize power. I don't want all the women to be nice and inspiring, you know? Yeah, it's nice to see that, like, breadth of, of <laughs> ex- express, expressive uh, uh, ways of getting your way uh, yeah. and, and figuring your way through it. Definitely makes sense. So, so subconsciously, I would like to say that I think that uh, Her Majesty and Reigns has some Cersei in her because there are some (laughs) very Cersei-like answers or opportunities or choices that you can make um, that lead to some very, very interesting results. I'm Uh, so happy that you have already – like, I feel like you – like. You must not have had that much time to play it. So I feel like you opened it up and went straight to that zone and like started <laughs> fucking with everybody immediately. Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I will neither confirm nor deny <laughs> said question. Yeah, that might have um, just been what you were trying to get out of that experience. Other people might find something different. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> well, well. You're out all here that, hacking the game. Out here right, hacking well, the game. There you all, go. All, all, right. All or, or you're playing it correctly. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Fucking a right. Thank so, you. So, I mean, all that to say that I have been playing the shit out of the game. You have? Uh, yes. Since, oh, I was not prepared for that. You'd actually yes, seen a lot yes. of it. So, I, um, my, uh, my uh, Zodiac circle is half full. Uh-huh. So I've been I've been because doing seven rains now. So twelve rains is a full trip around the zodiac. Probably eight or ten. Almost queen. there. Then it's almost yeah. been a, it's almost been a zodiac cycle that you have yeah. been clean. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, well you know, done. Well done. I, I, I'm you know I'll be working it out. I'll be working <laughs> it out. I'm, in, I'm in touch with my inner uh my inner queen so okay so but you're liking it though oh i'm loving it i'm oh loving it yes so so i <laughs> i really i really loved uh i really loved reigns when when i discovered it 
um, it was it was the to- it was exactly what I was looking for in in a, in a mobile game um, where it was easy to pick up. You can put it down if you know something comes up. You can put it down and come right back and not miss a beat. Um, it wasn't. It was repetitive in the best way repetitive things can be repetitive yeah. and not in a way and like some of the other mobile games that I have where I just kind of check in and I play through it just because I need to do my daily check in or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, there were, you know, every single time I played, it was the same but so very different. And uh-huh. this and Reigns and Reigns Her Majesty, because it's not Reigns 2, Electric Boogaloo. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, is, I would be flattered to have an electric boogaloo, boogaloo. attack to my first journey. <laughs> all right. It's electric boogaloo then. Um, we have to define yeah. what a boogaloo is, though. What, what exactly uh, is a boogaloo? definition. It does. It does defy definition. It is. Yeah. It is like an electric boogaloo or a boogaloo in general is like. Toe jam a, and Earl two level weird. Yes. Yeah. Oh, there you go. There you go. Oh, All right. Wow. Yeah. There you go. I was. I was gonna say it was like it's like a Cicero the the game. Or, Cicero and <laughs> Earl two. There you go. <laughs> There's oh, so many wrong shit. things about that. There's please, so many please, about that. Adult fans. Swim. Right. Yeah, I know. I hope swim. they're listening right now. Yeah. Like, oh my god. Up. Let them have their electric. Yeah, shout, out, shout out to Jackie Collins. I uh, hope you're watching. Hi, so, oh my god. Hi. <laughs> yeah. So so see, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna pull the trump card. Ha ha. Uh, um, hey. <laughs> <laughs> hey, sometimes I'm funny. Yeah. Let me have. Let me have that moment. Yeah. <laughs> I adore you, Lee. One I day I adore you be, back. I know we're gonna go. Be... We're gonna go for some drinks one of these days. It's gonna happen. Uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna pull that card and 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 steal a question that C was gonna ask before we started, which is, uh, are, how glad are you to not be living here anymore? Wow. Um, okay, so that's actually a complicated question because my process so you know i married like you know mazel tov by the way thank you i got my visa through marriage to like you know a decently well-off white dude in london uh you know i'm i also have a job like you know and it was hard and there were you know errors and it took months i had to be away from my partner and the home that i had made over there for a good two and a half months while they sorted through their bureaucracy oh wow and like not to be a downer but at each stage, it it was shocking and humbling to realize how hard it truly is to move country. And like, what if we had had children? What if I like mm. I have a portable career? I can totally, you know, come here for a bunch of time and work from home. At every stage, so yes, I feel enormously. I'm I'm super glad to move country. I'm I love England. Uh, you know, America is a place that worries and scares me, and I feel really lucky to have been able to move away. But at every juncture of that incredibly stressful, expensive, bureaucratic, uh, they like in America, they obscure, they, you know, they obscure this information from people. Again, lucky English was my first language. Lucky we could afford it. Mm. Lucky we don't have kids. Lucky, you know, like, so yes, I'm super 
glad to have moved country, but the whole thing only kind of horrified and depressed me even more um, as it really, you know, in America, no matter where you're from, you definitely grow up hearing the narrative of like, okay, yeah, we're cool with immigrants if they apply the right way. We have a, you know, we have a system for them to do this. And, you know, if, if only they do it the right way, it's all going to work out. Um, <laughs> and, it, and it doesn't because that was my job for a while. Uh, yeah. Like, honestly, you know, yes, I, I, I love my husband. I'm super grateful that I could move to England to be with him. Um, you know, I feel really lucky to have the opportunity to move because almost no one ever fucking gets it. It's not a thing that you can just fucking do. Like, excuse me. Is it OK to curse on the stream? Yeah, as, oh, much, yeah. as much as you I'm want. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Right. Um, yeah. This was really like. The, the process of applying to a visa was the most anxious and stressed out and broke that I've ever been. And all I could think of at every stage was like, I'm one of the lucky ones. You know, mm. I'm one of the privileged, protected, definitely going to happen ones. Um, and coming to America is worse. Like America is harder to emigrate to than any other any other country. And so in a way, so I was going through all this basically during the election time. Oh, and wow. it was hard. Yeah, it was hard and it sucked and I hate it. You know, I found it really stressful to be away from him and wondering about, you know, were they even going to allow it? What if something goes wrong? What am I going to do for another two months if they reset my application due to a computer error, blah, blah, blah. But I'm glad in a sense that I had to go through it at that time because Americans are raised with you know, as you know, a lot of wrong ideas yep. um, about how the world works and who we are and what we can have. And I guess like, you know, while the country was, you know, disputing and discussing its borders, I was really I, I mean, I feel like I'm glad that I got to see um, how bullshit it really is. Like, it's <laughs> Yes. Yeah. I love I, I love my life in England. I'm grateful I don't have to live there anymore. But that's the short version of the story. The fact is, it came with a lot of baggage that I'm still processing mm -hmm. um, about beliefs that I was raised with here, um, about how few people actually have the opportunity to ever move country in their life for any reason. Um, yeah, honestly, not, I don't mean to get heavy, but like, you know, it's it, you know, I feel really lucky, but I've also gotten really um, depressed. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, 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 that's a huge topic. Um, I, I feel scared when I'm in America. I don't feel as safe here as I do anywhere else. Um, but I also feel like I've kind of given away my chance to have a say because I was in the 1% of people who could move and I did it, you know? So mm. I'm definitely, I, I cry a lot in England watching the news. Um, I'm really right now trying to figure out, you know, my relationship to the future of the country, like whether there's anything I, you know, you have survived. There's a lot of survivor's guilt, I guess, mm. you know, like right. <laughs> there's no, you're American. There's no good way to feel right now, no matter where you are. You know. So, so, uh, so, an interesting thing that you that you said is that you you know you picked up a lot of things while you were in England. Uh, one of the things is uh, putting use in words that don't belong, um, and and exchanging uh, Z's for S's, um, and and saying phrases like "move country" because. Nope. 
yeah. So, you know, as you go into the back of the queue, um, but... So, my vocabulary is just this incredibly weird word salad now. Like, you know, there's, like, sometimes people in England are like, what are you saying? In New York now, my friends that I used to get on with are like, what are you saying? So it's like... Right, yeah, you're you're kind of caught in between. You're like a person with with the same language without a language. Yeah, Um, I mean, story of my whole life anyway i've always right. belonged to many different spaces without being Absolutely. able to own any of them yeah. um yeah like yeah it's again like i'm not broken up i'm not like suffering in this trip so a a serious but kind of light-hearted question or at least a curious one is what is the conversation in England um, mm. about the shit show that is uh, the United States political process? Um, you know, obviously we are we are led <laughs> in quotes by by you know Donald Trump. He's 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 perfect. He's beautiful. Uh, everything is wonderful, uh, and he is he is he is soon soon to be wearing. Um, hopefully the, the last suit <laughs> ever, the Please. last suit he will ever wear, which is an orange one to match his face yes. and, and body. Um, I wanted but, to go specifically to Rikers. Oh, that would be awesome. Right before they close it, mm-hmm. that would be fantastic. I want him to be one of the last Rikers inmates. That would yeah, be- that, that would be, that would be <laughs> really so fucking good. awesome. Like, come up in go, here, Donald. If, like, come oh, up in here. You know come the best here. part? The best part would be, alright, check this out, check this out. Peep the echo, y'all. The okay. best part would be if he goes to Rikers and he has to sit in the cell that the five Central Park joggers had to, oh. had, to, had to occupy. Yo, how dope am I? Oh. That's yo. Let's make that happen. Let's let's. I'm gonna speak it into existence. I'm bringing speaking truth to power, y'all. Speaking Black your wishes Chris. on the universe. You've got to that's speak right. Your wishes to the that universe. Is, Ask that is correct. That is correct. Fuck yeah. But but so so you know so the 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 popular belief. Of Americans, of of sensible Americans, is that uh, our our cousins to the east, across the pond, um, aren't aren't as brash. They're they're a little more pragmatic. Um, they they they're more thoughtful than we are. They have a much older country than we are. Absolutely. Like, here's the thing. America's been a country for, like, 17, 18, 19, 20, like, 300 years. It's like, like we're in the, we're having a national puberty right right now. And, like, Mm -hmm. England is an ancient old lady who's our landlady who's, like, laughing at our business that we're getting into. I mean, well, let's, let's look at it by comparative, you know, comparatively speaking. You know, obviously the queen isn't, she's the regent of of England. Like, the queen does not factor into the daily lives of, right. of average uh, English people. Right. No, of, of Brits at all. But she is a regent. She's old as dirt. No disrespect to the queen. I hope to live wow. as long. And yeah, she's old as dirt. Yeah, but she's also sitting on and wearing the entire amount of money that could save the NHS. So exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> but but she is, you know, she is. She is uh, prim and proper. She's posh. She's all of the things that you'd expect someone to lead. An ancient British ideal, yeah. Exactly. Whereas we are being led by a by a fifth grader. 
So, okay, I, so. Yes, so, like, it's perfect. Here's the thing. In, in England, they don't actually consider their situation to be that much different than ours. In both countries. Interesting. So, so in England, um, it's not the same racial climate, but I guess it is comparable um, because the, the the British have a thousand year history of colonialism and conquering. And they, they, in those days, their world has shrunk and shrunk and shrunk. Their power has been lost. Um, now, you know, the refugee, the refugee um, situation in Europe has triggered a tide of nationalism in the UK. Mm. So there is still a. So both of our countries have in common a, peer, a fear of progress, a fear of integration, a fear of globalism. Um, so Brexit was seen by English people to be representative of a tide of um, foreigner fear and nationalism that is going on in the country at the time. So I think for a lot of English people, they relate to what the U.S. is going through because we're also seeing this like we haven't seen this in a long time. What the fuck is this? Mm. Um, you know, not, not you know for white people at least haven't seen it. A long time conservative backlash type thing um and so we're all kind of see both the the english think that both of us have this tide in common of suddenly regressing mm. into this old old racist nationalist perspective um but they get to look at us and say at least we don't have donald trump um but you know the <laughs> english people are also afraid um brexit frightened the english in to the exact same degree that the trump election frightened us because we also have a thing where it's like 50 50 we have young people who want to move forward you know in a globalist diverse way and then we have like scared ass you know racist conservatives who want to go back to how things were before and so fundamentally the it's the same situation on the ground in both countries. We're just expressing it in a different manner as a result of the differences in our history. But most people in America, like when I meet most people in England, they don't assume that I'm a Trump supporter. They're like, oh, God, like, so how do you feel about that? You know, so <laughs> I think the English do consider themselves to be companions, um, which is why Theresa May was like, uh, no, about the Britain first retweet, you know, like <laughs> where I think they're both they're even though England is a much smaller country and it has a different history, I think both nations are confronting this like buried sea of bullshit that we thought that neoliberalism had buried. You know what I mean? Mm. So yeah, they're, they're not, I think the English see themselves as dealing with the same thing as us. They're not like looking at us being like, Oh fuck America. They're kind of like, Oh wow. The world is horrible right now for us. Yeah. So it's, it, it, there's a lot of commonalities actually. The English are afraid of the future of their country the same way that we are. Interesting. Mm. Okay, great. So, um, we, we've, we've had, um, you know, a, a couple of other devs that are sort of, you know, outside of the States, like, uh, specifically we've had Mike Bitho on a couple of times and he's yeah. talked, and he's talked a little bit about the difference between like develop, like, like being sort of the underdog European developer versus the, uh, the U S. Uh -huh. Um, have you noticed some of those kind of differences, like your time being in the UK and like, in, 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 in like, you know, even, even, even in the uh, tech space with, with your guardian work, have you seen sort of some differences between how that stuff is like covered there versus how it's covered here? I don't know. Like, so for straight up, I'm like acclimatized to it. Like I, now I have an English perspective, whether I like it or not. So I don't know how objective I can be on this. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely different. There is a scene in the UK, the way, like, but America has a bunch of fragmented scenes. There's an Austin scene, a New York scene, a LA right. scene, a San Fran scene. So we have a London scene, we have a Brighton scene, you know, we have an up north scene, we have a Berlin scene where a lot of UK devs have moved now. Um, yeah. Yeah, we. so one thing that I really love about living in London is the arts and the culture funding is so strong. So we have actually like a lot of museum oriented and, and like it, we have a lot more arts events and a lot more talks and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. But also, OK, I'm probably going to alienate every, all my English friends right now, but they're asleep <laughs> anyway. So right. England is such a small country that I wonder if they've got like kind of their dev culture is more insular. They, they talk to each other a lot. Um, it, it it's not as different as you'd think, but um, they definitely have their own thing going on. They don't think a lot about us, so mm -hmm. that's interesting because I, I I always wondered about you know uh, how development looks for the kind of global community and then how that reflects itself back into individuals' work. You know, because like a yeah. lot of times the stuff that we are seeing politically kind of bounce its way through people comes out in their work. Um, and I know that you talked yeah, about it's all accidental. Like, like I'm not, I never felt like I was politically educated enough uh, or like, you know, like it's one thing to, you know, obviously I'm, I'm interested in social justice, but one thing I learned through 2014 and all of that is that calling yourself an activist yeah. is a different series of tasks. Um, and, and it's a different series of, of, of requirements. Um, so yeah, like there's, yeah, I don't, mm, it's really hard to say. I, I've really lost my objectivity about the, the English dev industry, but they, I think they do have their own set of, um, self-expression concerns and credibility concerns that don't always intersect with um, developers in the U.S. Mm -hmm. Maybe. I hope I don't upset anyone by saying that. No, that's, I, think that's, I think that's super reasonable. That's super reasonable. I want to I bring it back to Reigns really quick because there's a thing that we touched upon that we didn't really dig into and it's something that I, I'm always curious about as like the human experiment, right? Which is, you know, you talked about C getting to almost his full revolution in his, in his astrology circle. That's something that I didn't think was going to be in this game and find That's really okay. interesting. Yeah, because it's a thing that I think a lot of folks either are really into when they talk about, you know, themselves and their sign and, and what uh, attributes kind of are have been historically and stereotypically kind of attached to your sign and, mm -hmm. and, and how it kind of plays itself out in this game. Do oh. you subscribe to some of that stuff? Like, I've always been really interested to know, like, I'm kind of in my Virgo space where I'm like, yo, I'm a Virgo and I do Virgo shit. And Virgo I got a Mars in Virgo, so I do understand that my father is a Virgo. I uh -huh. do. I So, yeah, I'm super interested. I don't necessarily full on believe that astrology is real, but what I do believe is that we're in a time of unprecedented bullshit appeal, upheaval, chaos, disempowerment, <laughs> re-empowerment, and whatever systems of belief make you feel connected to community and make you feel better about your way of facing the world, I'm for that. So like, right. no, I don't think astrology is real, but I have found a lot of value in that community because, um, yeah, and this does tie back into Reigns because Reigns is set in like 
a French Revolution inspired mid to late 16th century and onward. Um, and I was really kind of interested in exploring how, um, you know, nature, magic, goddesses, cults, things like that might have formed the core of resistance in a time like that. Um, I've always been really interested in how, um, you know, folklore, cults, magic, mm. uh, you know, religious, you know, indigenous beliefs, things like that shape the core of resistance. And that's so I wanted to really make, you know, witchcraft and astrology prominent in Reigns too, as a symbol of how, you know, women have historically resisted um, by developing occult beliefs, folk beliefs, local beliefs, you know, um, magic like magic is actually about community and like intention and like a unified system of belief that allows you to you know resist the authority of the land and it has always been about that so i did i, I did kind of put it in reins for that reason and you know even though i wouldn't i wouldn't say that i'm a you know, religious practitioner or a sophisticated witch or a sophisticated astrologer. But I do participate in those communities from time to time because right now they're forming a helpful cushion of community and resistance for me in an environment where everything I love has been taken over by bullshit. Um, so, yeah, like that's kind of what inspired the presence of astrology and magic in Reigns, specifically as a form of folk resistance and feminist resistance. Again, and like, again, it's a comedy mobile game. I don't want to suggest that I've communicated <laughs> this in like a super deep way. Um, but these are things that resonate for me in my life. And I thought for the player who's like swiping and rains day to day on her subway commute or whatever, like those might provide, you know, briefly amusing touchstones um, or like points of entry into that folklore of resistance for, for, for women and anybody who's basically, you know, not the dominant class right now. I love that. That is, that is amazing. I love that. That's so dope. Like I said, like I, I really worry about like again i really put it in like an entry level way i'm not trying to you know there are a lot of sophisticated witches and astrologers and people who you know this is their space and and you know they are more deserving practitioners than me but this is just kind of like a light-hearted comedy nod to the role that their work plays in my life i don't want to say like i'm adding anything to that dialogue but more like paying tribute to it yeah and and it's interesting because like while we've been talking the community has been chatting away and and this is what i love about our community because there's smart folks in the chat and they're asking great questions Mm -hmm. and uh this one from fabio fogo hopefully i said that right it's a great um it is i just (laughs) hopefully i didn't butcher it um but fabio wanted to know um as you mentioned about being mobile to work what is the workflow of developing games while being mobile especially for the games that she worked on so um i would say that working on rain accounted for about 60% of my time for the last 12 months. Mm-hmm. And the rest of that was um, short fiction, world building, um, technology journalism. Uh, like I'm still doing my tech articles uh, for, you know, I, I did the podcast for The Guardian this year as well. Um, I do like, I, I have a diverse array of things that I work on. Um, and I would say, I mean, I don't know. I, we would, the, it was three people. We would meet once a week. We would decide on our, our objectives for the next seven days, and we would do them. And after a year, we we really didn't because it was uh, an established system that was successful already, and like you know, it was kind of like 
a remix rather than starting from scratch. So yeah, um, it was really just, you know, us meeting frequently and then me deciding how to slot our objectives into my um, workflow for that week. So uh, 2017, Lee, has been, I don't know how much of uh, the gaming space you've you've uh, involved yourself in, especially since you were busy uh, creating one yourself. Uh, but 2017 has probably been the most heralded or talked about uh, year in gaming since 2007. Every year has it's like sucks an amazing year. For right, right. And then there's also the same number of people who are like. What the, what the fuck even came out this year? It sucked. There was some just Nintendo games. There was Zelda, and that was it. Like every year we do this. Like mm-hmm. so so, uh, have you experienced any uh, any of the games of this year? Okay, wow. Um, I really conscientiously tried this year to give myself the gift. Of a not like not to be all up in the gaming world like for the first time in ten years I was like I don't care I'm not going to do it, um, but you know I I still find yeah you know, I played Breath of the Wild I played Persona Five uh, um, <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with everybody did they not play Persona Four um, <laughs> actually I didn't. <laughs> See, you need to play. Per- Anybody who loves Persona Five just did not play Persona Four Golden. That's all there is to it. Um, yeah, I played those two. Um, I played some independent games, um, all kinds of small little things. Um, it, my husband recently did a video review of this game called The Norwood Suite, and uh, I really agreed with his views on that. I was really into that. Um, I still like weird, like off-world style games and like 1980s and 1990s games that I do on my emulator. Um, but no, this year I actively endeavored to not get involved in games for any reason other than sheer desire. And I ended up playing like two or three games. Um, nice. Maybe probably more than that, but you know, you don't, if right. you're not trying to remember it and if you don't need to write about it, you don't, you know, it's right. what if games are like a good thing to do for fun? And what? I mean, who, what? When did that, when did that happen? <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Like what if you could just like play it and be like, okay, I did that at the end. I don't have to say anything. Um, <laughs> yeah. I just tried Yeah. No, I, I, I don't have a lot to say about the year in games because I conscientiously checked out. Um, and that's not out of disrespect for any of the work that was being done. It was just, uh, uh, yeah, I needed a yeah. self care year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I really needed to show myself that I didn't need to stay only in this mm-hmm. world, you know. So, I, yeah, I had a great year. I, you know, I started working out in the time that I normally would have spent, like, trying to play Steam games. Um, and I feel great. I mean, I, I love games, don't get me wrong, but I hope that people can understand that, like, my particular trajectory through the field has been fraught and, like, yeah. I have some complicated feelings. Sometimes I just need some space from time to time. So during the time that I was taking space, I might have accidentally written uh, a narrative design to a video game, but it was an accident. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, I, yeah, I, uh, today, this year I just tried to be, like, a mainstream bro. 
normal gamer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you played a shit ton of Madden. Right, right. A shit ton of Madden and, and lots of zombies, Jill. So I've never actually played Madden, but back in the day, the Madden team used to be one of my favorite development teams to interview because their studies on the physio- physiology of sports in the human body were so deep. It, like, it was so... Oh, the Madden team is low-key one of the most fascinating teams in game development, how they have to keep... Yeah, I loved talking to them because it was just the perfect... For an interviewer who wrote for developers, which that's what I did for most of my life, like, it was the coolest possible example of how do you take a deep bench of wisdom, build on it. Like, you know, Mm. they... They're just the Madden team is just this whole nother thing. Um, and even though I I don't understand how football is played and I've never played a Madden game, I really respect the work they do on the development side, studying bodies, studying sports, um, trying to build on the player participation in that live sport around the world. Like it's some cool stuff that they do for sure. I have a lot of respect for them. That's super dope. Okay. Um, yeah. So so I wanted to ask you this question. Um, so obviously you're in that situation where you know Reigns was sort of a big surprise hit right it was you know apple's game of the year it got a lot of positive you know um buzz obviously so now you're at that point where there's all these expectations right (laughs) um and you've also been in the point at the point i'm sure in your journalism career both you know on the tech or the gaming side where you've you know had to review something where you've almost had to inevitably compare it to what came like before. Is there anything that you take from from your time as a journalist being in that position that you think about when you're developing a game that's, you know, the follow up to one of the, you know, top mobile games of last year? Absolutely. So for one thing, as a, even when I was a reviewer, I thought the idea that a sequel should be taken as if it existed in a vacuum was bullshit. Of course, you're you're serving a similar fan base. You've got a core group of people who are waiting on the follow-up. The developer's task is to evolve the mechanics that already existed. You know what I mean? Like, I never thought that... I always thought that the job of a sequel was to build on an original in explicit ways. Um... And that also might mean it becomes something different, you know, and it might not please all the original fans. And, you know, I'm, I'm prepared for that here. Um, um, yeah, I guess like we we didn't I didn't when I was making this game, to be honest, I really didn't think a lot about my like journalism past. I definitely did bring my critical sensibilities to the project like what i think is good is you know or what i think what i thought i should do was Mm -hmm. rooted in my ideas of what i thought was good but you know we definitely did approach there is to some extent a pragmatic way that you can approach a sequel like you know here's what people loved here's what they didn't love here's what we were proud of here's what we thought needed work and here's what we would need to add to make a follow-up that we would all be proud of you know what i mean so yeah like there's definitely a rule set that you can follow um there's gonna be some people who are like huge reigns fans that evaluate it in light of that and there there's definitely gonna be some people who played this one first like i can't i don't know <laughs> you know right. i don't know <laughs> totally 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 yeah i don't know well, Lee, we're about to almost... Time has flown. It's I know it. unreasonable how fast the time has already gone. Uh, and, and that means that, one, you have to come back again real soon. 
I can't believe you let me talk and talk and talk like this. Thank I what? We would love to have you talk and talk and talk as much as you want, anytime you want. Uh, you let us oh know God. when you're free and you can have a spot. You got a spot. I'm so nervous about it launching. Like, uh, y'all are the first people that like I've known. You know, like you're my first <laughs> friends that are interviewing me about this. So like, it's my uh, it'll be my first time. <laughs> it's my. I, I spent 10 years being very opinionated about other people's games. So uh, it might be coming back now. Uh, I, my one dream is that it creates some smiles for people. That's it. <laughs> well, I know, it already did with Amongst Our Crew. Exactly. Oh, exactly. That's, all, that's all I want to hear. Thank you. Exactly. Uh, my, last question, my last yeah. question for you. Mm-hmm. And this is this is not going to be one of those like out of nowhere questions, but it's because okay. when I think about games uh, from people who, who I care about, who have made really cool stuff, I always think about the next thing. Mm-hmm. And it's it's super early to think about that. But if you were to have your druthers and you were to be tasked with making Reigns 3. Oh, my God. It would be what? Game of Thrones reigns, like, more. <laughs> yeah. I would definitely double down on, like, so a lot of reigns was me learning to write within the system. And obviously, if you do something the first time, if you had it to do over again, it would be better. So I definitely think a lot about, like, how much more of a complicated storytelling, like, realistic, gritty-ass narrative system could I come up with um, if I were given it to do again? Um, like, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that if there's a Reigns 3, you know, it's likely, you know, it's possible to work with someone different than me. I, I don't know the future. I can't speak to the future sure, of the sure. franchise. But, yeah, like, you know, I I hope I can keep working on projects that let me, you know, uh, think and write in narrative design terms while expressing some of my humor and my politics. Um, I think the Reigns engine would work really good in a Game of Thrones context. Um, but for me personally, there's some other projects that I'm, I'm working on that are narrative oriented. Um, and I hope for more of those. Um, Word. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you know what that means you know you have to come on our show and break those to, to people and let people know. Absolutely. Guaranteed. Thank yes. you so much. This made me feel so you know, I've been so anxious about this. This is actually a big shift for me. It's a like this is not something that I know what to expect from. So to have the support and interest from, you know, my friends, my colleagues, people that I spoke to from before now has meant like a, a lot to me. So thank you so much for your interest and for having me on. Of course, of course. We are always Anytime. Always happy to have you uh, here with us and, and to share your wonderful work uh, that you oh, do yeah. in this space in all the spaces that you that you occupy. Um, here's a part of game development that everyone who is semi new to game development hates is when you get to plug your shit. So oh. <laughs> so let everybody uh, at home know where they can find Reigns, where they can can snag it uh, when it drops, and all that good stuff. Modular Kingdom Management and Story-Based Game Reigns Her Majesty will be available December 7th on Steam, Google Play, and the App Store. Nice. Oh, shit. Look at that. Look at that. Me and my trained Lee Alexander. Whoa, that is like, not, like, this is so weird. For a price point of... The uh, low, low price of... You know, I think it's $2.99. $2.99. <laughs> 
For the low, low price of two ninety nine, rain. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, I hope I hope that our PR colleagues are not listening because uh, I'm not good at this. I'm not. That's all right. This. I saved it for you. It's okay. It's, it's all good. Two ninety nine. Your support and interest would be much appreciated. <laughs> that's, that, is, that is perfect. Perfect. Uh, before we get up out of here, um, again, uh, where else can they find your writing? Your, your writing talents on the internet? <laughs> So I usually just kind of post my latest articles on my Twitter, which is at Lee Alexander. Um, but on my Medium page at Lee Alexander, it's a repository of a, a, a lot of the journalism I'm doing for outlets that use Medium as a platform. Um, I'm doing a series for Medium called IO about internet life. And I'm oh, doing nice. some journalism for an awesome site called How We Get to Next. Um, the Guardian podcast is still up. If you, if, uh, if you haven't heard it before, I produced a season of that. Um, and a a lot of my old uh, video game writing is at thealexander.net. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Okay. See, Sweet. we're about to get yeah. up out of here. Let everybody know what you want. Media what you business. want, son? Do your job. Do your oh, job. Uh, do your right. social well, media actually, business one, one, job. One more thing before more C thing. does his job. Okay. He's probably not going to do his job anyway. Um, <laughs> is that, uh, wow. A shade. <laughs> uh, so uh, Lee actually shared this out that the, and I don't know if it's still on sale, but the All For A Collection was on sale. Oh, yes. I forgot. I should have mentioned it. Yes. On the so the Offworld Collection, which Laura Hudson developed um, in response to our digital curation, is for sale on the Campo Santo store. It's 35% off for Christmas. So if you like beautiful picture books full of games journalism that may have one of our team on the, uh, on the the in the bylines, right? So, yes. Oh my God, that's right. Ah, yeah, there's two of us. Ah, yeah. So if you want to buy a book that has three of the people on this stream in it, Off World Collection, um, 35% off, camposanto.com. Ah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like, <laughs> I'm not Best really good ever. at this. So good. Okay. You are so great. good. It's so I'm good. So, like, I was so nervous for today. Oh my God. Oh, you're just hanging out with friends. It's yeah. I know, but that yeah. almost Stop. makes me worse because I'm comfortable with you. That means I might say something dumb. <laughs> oh, Don't worry. Like, Don't worry. Trust me, we've all said dumb shit. Not me. Yeah. I've well, never yeah. said dumb shit. Not I've me. got 200 episodes of dumb shit. I've got a life of dumb shit. Thank you for supporting me. <laughs> well, before we do our social media business, I, I've always wanted to do this because Lee, you are amazing and I've always wanted to like thank you, even though we've never met face to face, for giving me a chance to write for Off World. Mm. It was like you were, when I started um, originating the idea for the site, you were one of the first people I thought of, and that's the truth, because you were getting yourself Aww. out there, you had a lot to say, you know, you were, you know, you were one of my first choices anyway, like, in a way, the, like, concept for the site came from the desire to publish writers like you, so it was really a no-brainer. Thank you for, you know, enriching, you know, thank you were the one that contributed, you know, you were the, you know, it was the voices of the people that we invited that created off world. So thank you. Shit, that almost made thank me you. cry. We need to get the off. Yeah. That was, that, <laughs> damn, that, made, that hit me in my heart. Yes. That was great. Aww, that was great. I know. Oh, really? Though? Like, really? It's really, you know, all we... 
this is this is the upsetting thing about off world actually is that it was way too easy to find um people that we wanted to publish um that had not been getting their dues elsewhere for whatever you know it's like they say like oh we just don't know anyone of that demographic who can no like i knew a million people <laughs> it's easy it, you know and that was in a way, that's like, again, that's one of the things, obviously, I'm proud of Offworld and I'm grateful for all the hard work Laura did to bring the book to life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, I'm so proud of all the writers, but it's not something that I feel that, I mean, yeah, yes, I'm proud of it. But, you know, like it the reason it was important was the platform that other people took advantage of when we invited them. Um, so, yeah, like it was because of you. So thank you more than the other way around oh she took your thank you and was like whatever with your thank you son thank you back at you <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what? why you gotta you ruin thank- why you gotta ruin a beautiful moment Cicero yeah, you really did ruin it. <laughs> I mean that's what I come on that why is, are you gonna true. ask me a question about me being me why am I gonna be me <laughs> come you on. can rain that shit in for one day can you be one. you and do the social media business please uh, maybe <laughs> All right. <laughs> Social media is, is as follows. Okay. Uh, you want to follow us, go to any social media platform and put in the word spawn on me. You can find us there. If you want to follow us individually, check the bylines. All of our information is right there. If you are in podcast land and you are listening to this podcast, you can catch us on your favorite podcatcher. And if it is a place where you can subscribe, please do so. Obviously, if it's a place where you can rate and review, please also do that. It really, really helps us out. And of course, tell your friends. That'd be grateful uh, or we'll be grateful. Uh, that'd be great to do so. Uh, check us out. SpawnOn.me or ESN.FM slash SpawnOnMe. Uh, check out our Patreon. Patreon.com Patreon.com slash SpawnOnMe where you can leave us <laughs> as little as a dollar uh, as little as a dollar a month. Um, and or more get- if you can. Right. Or more if you can. Absolutely. And uh, you hear great things such as Spawn on Me After Dark and uh, Bukrago Beltway, which is coming very soon. Ooh, Lee, Uh, if you ever want to talk about politics with us. That is a great yes. show to, to ooh, that would yes. be a yes. show. Yes. I, yeah. I'm very political, but the more politically educated I get, the less authoritative I feel to speak on things. So, oh, that's even better. That's even better. Um, yeah, I would love to, but you know, I'm not. I'm just asshole off the street person. I'm not yeah. like a. Hey, no well, the, right. The invitation's hey. always out there. Absolutely, and again, Lee, thank you so much, and you always have a seat at the table with us. Thank you. Like honestly, like I've been going through so many feelings. Um, you know, releasing my first game after our, the support and the friendship, and and knowing you guys means so much. Thank you. Word, awesome. words, good no pleasure. We're going to get up out of here. Thank you so much, uh, everybody at home. Thank you, everyone on podcast land. Thank you, thank you everyone. Go buy Reigns. Go buy it. Buy more copies. <laughs> Put it in your pocket. Thank you. Put it right, buy another phone and get 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 another get another phone and get. Or you, you can get it on Steam. You can get Steam it on Steam well. if, if your phone is broken because you dropped it in the dance hall like I did. You can just get it on Steam. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's true, it's true. It's, it's one of those things where you got to you know buy it for everybody. You know. All right, everybody, yeah. we're getting up out of here. Thank you. Much love. Peace Much out. Much love. Thanks, guys.